Hey friend, welcome back to the Creative Grace Podcast, or if this is your first time coming in, welcome to the Creative Grace Podcast. This is your host, Anna. I'm really excited that you're here. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. So today's episode, I bring on Nathan Chansky, and he is another photographer, and he's also a photographer educator. He talks all about how to master a sales call and not sound salesy. So if you've ever been on a sales call with a client and you're really nervous and you don't really know how to approach it, this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into today's conversation. Hello and welcome to the Creative Grace Podcast with your host, Anna. Each week, I will be bringing out entrepreneurs who have inspired me to help you run a successful and thriving business. Ready to embrace both the mess and success? Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Nate, it's so good to have you on the Creative Grace podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners, and then we'll get right to it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, so I am a wedding photographer based in West Michigan, and I have been shooting for probably the past decade, but in the past three years, um, three years ago, I made it my full-time job, and I absolutely love it. I mainly work with couples and, of course, like wedding couples, brides and grooms getting married. And um, I also have jumped into the education scene within the past year. So also a business photography educator. And I absolutely love that as well. It's just been such a fulfilling extension of my career. And like, I just love getting to serve people and see people like achieve their goals and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I am married to the love of my life, Kayla, and I um, have a little dog named Daisy and all that good stuff. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love it. And couples are so much fun to work with. Cause I feel like they're just a lot more low key versus like working with families and stuff like that. I found, um, Absolutely. So, cool. so we're talking all about like sales and like how not to not sound sleazy. Cause it's kind yeah. of hard when you're like going on a call and you're really nervous and all yeah. of that. So Go ahead and like just ramble on some of like your tips that you have for um, the listener that's like a photographer or maybe they're a graphic designer and they have to like share a proposal and they're like they don't really know where to start or Mm -hmm. how to make it sound authentic. Yeah, so I think the one thing to remember before you even get into like the tactical sales tips um, for, you know, how to approach a sales call or a consult call, or even just like a meeting at a coffee shop is you have to approach it from the perspective of, um, serving them and serving them with your best because serving is oftentimes something that comes very natural to a lot of us, especially if it's something that we're serving that we truly believe in, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of times, like, if I would have anybody start at a place before they even go down the road of like, what are the best tactics or the best tips or practicality? I would just say like, make sure your mindset is correct. Because if you come into it from a mindset of like, oh, I just want to make, um, I just want to make the money off these people. And I don't really care about if the relationship is right. And I don't really care about if my product is going to best benefit them. Oftentimes that's where we can find ourselves in like that sleazy mentality we can find ourselves uh, just not producing our absolute best um, for the people serving. So I think what's really good, what's really helped me is to, in the first place, before you even try to sell something, make sure that you are 
creating a product or a service, especially like if you are a photographer, create something that is very, uh, you are already sold on yourself. Create something that you have so much confidence in and it actually is what you believe is the best. Because ultimately when you find when you find something that you believe is truly the best, it's very easy to quote unquote sell that because ultimately you're looking at it from the perspective of these people don't know yet how incredible my service is, but I just need to communicate that to them. So it's almost like it's just a knowledge gap between like, okay, I know my product is amazing. I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I know I'm going to serve them um, better than any other photographer. And um, I, I just have to communicate that because I don't want to fail them. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of us are like, oh, like I don't want to lose the money, but it's like, if you think of it in terms of like, I have an incredible product and I don't want to fail them. I want them to actually experience this incredible product. It's just so much easier to sell. Does that make sense? For sure. And I know um, I always say to people that I was coaching, like try to um, serve, serve, and then sell. So they say like jab, jab, punch in the same sense of like serve, serve, and then sell. So that could be um, with so many different ways, you know? Yep. Well, and and even like a lot of times it's great when if they're uh, inquiry comes down the pipe and it, it comes to your inbox and you're kind of reading through, or if you are on the sales call or even like after the sales call, look for opportunities where you see problems that they're experiencing and then jump on those. So if they are, so if I have a couple that is coming to me and they're like, yeah, we are still kind of on the hunt for a venue and we're just trying to find a venue in this like vicinity or something like that. And, and something like that, I automatically am like logging in my head. Okay. This is a potential problem that they are dealing with right now. So how can I overcome this problem for them or at least help them overcome this problem? So for me, like I already have like a list of like my favorite venues in my area that I send them. And it's like a a top 10 or 11, 12 list of venues that I'm like, Hey, check these, see if these might be a fit for you. And then also let me know your specific wishes and let me jump on that and try to find something for you in the meantime, because what happens then is like, you become their photographer without ever becoming their photographer officially. And you can get so engrossed in that serving process that they kind of almost forget that you aren't even their photographer yet. You know what I mean? And then they're halfway through through the process with you and they're like, Oh, we like, we haven't even booked you yet. Like, yeah, let's just book you. I mean, like good grief. You know what I mean? That's happened. Um, And so I think it's really awesome to, to do that. Yeah. And I think that all wraps around the same um, like point of building trust before yeah. actually like committing with somebody. Um, yeah. And I feel like if you have that better relationship, your entire experience is going to be better when it comes to even like working with them on their wedding day. Oh, for sure. Like I, I, I feel like that's just so foundational and we've all been there where we have the clients that we absolutely love working with. And it's like, oh yeah, this experience is completely different than maybe like a client that we didn't feel super aligned with. And it's like, yeah, like the art is always better. The creative is always like something completely different. And even just the relationship in general, you leave it with such a good taste in your mouth. And yeah, it's just always better. For sure. And I think, yeah, that all comes all right back with just being authentic and true to who you're serving and stuff like that. Absolutely. So let me, do you want me to get into like more tactical tips? I know you kind of like asked me and I went on through this mindset tangent. (laughs) 
Um, if you want to go ahead and jump into, um, you talked a little bit about like establishing leadership and professionalism at this, like at the beginning, um, go ahead and like kind of dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. So for me, what I found is that if you are meeting with a, and again, I think people do this two ways. They will either do, well, I guess three. So there's, there's, you know, the phone call, a lot of people will jump on a phone call with them. Um, and then number two way is like jumping on like maybe a zoom call. So you actually do see face to face. And then number three is maybe meeting with them in person if they are local to you and you can meet with them like at a coffee shop or something like that. And I guess there is another way of like booking them through email, which like, I personally don't love booking people through email just because I feel like I can't get a really good grasp on just kind of like how the relationship is going to go. So I always love, that's just kind of like my policies. Like if I don't know you prior to this experience, I want to make sure and get to know you before we actually sign anything. Um, but what I think is really key is when you show up to that meeting, whatever it is, whatever format you're choosing, it's really key to uh, state your professionalism and your leadership right from the get-go. And even, and even it's something as simple as like, let's say you get on the Zoom call and make sure you're the person who is speaking first, like literally like speak first and be like, hey, like, can you hear me? Can you see me? How are you guys doing today? Like, don't wait for them to like break that silence. Like you jump in, like you're the one that is the leader here. Um, if you are meeting with them at a coffee shop, make sure that when they walk in that you are like jumping up to meet them and you're there first and you know where you're going to sit and all that kind of stuff. I think that is so crucial. Like first impressions, by the way, are so important. Um, but even just like establishing that you are the leader in, in the specific um, space and then this exchange is really important. And I think even telling them things like, hey, so here's the roadmap for what we're going to cover on this call or in this meeting. How does this sound to you? Like, we're going to start with this and then we're going to go to this and then we're going to end with this. How does that sound? You know what I mean? And just kind of like checking to see if they're all good with that. But to establish that you're the professional, that they're in good hands, that they can trust you, that they can just rely on you taking the reins. Does that make sense? For sure. And it's more, um, you know, than just taking photos. It's all a part of like the experience that you're giving them of showing them that you are, like you just said, you're the professional. Yes, exactly. I totally agree with that. It's It makes a complete difference in the relationship for that entire meeting. Yeah. And it's also going to make them feel more comfortable when you're taking their photos because you already have that trust built. So they're mm-hmm. going to be wanting to actually like when it comes to like documenting a love story, they have to feel really comfortable to be oh, able to heck yeah. their part, you know, with their partner or do whatever instead of being all like super stiff and stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's like when when we put our or when they put themselves and these personal moments of their lives in front of us, like that can be vulnerable. And so you really want to make sure that you are providing that safe space for them to just be themselves. For sure. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like the booking process and being clear and understandable um, and like super convenient. So I know you mentioned that you have like videos on like your website and stuff. And I think that's brilliant because then it automatically answers a lot of people's questions. So go ahead and like talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So for me, what I have found, and I, I, this is just kind of like true across all of business is that if you want to make, um, if you want to make a sale and this is, 
it transcends just photography or just sales calls for photography. If you want to make a sale on something, if you want someone to buy your product, you have to fundamentally make sure that that consumer or that buyer, or that um, client in this case, understands what you're offering. And I know that sounds very simple. And I know that sounds like, okay, but why would that really? But the ultimate truth here is that people do not, I think, I think I first started understanding this when I read Don Miller's uh, story brand book. But when he talks about the fact that like, you have to make your offer understandable, you have to make sure that there is like a clear um, roadmap of like, how to get how how you're going to get your actually actual service to these people. And then that also goes into the booking process itself. So when people inquire for a photographer, you have to understand that they don't they don't know what they're doing. You know, what I mean, this is probably the first time that they're ever getting married. And they're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to book a photographer. I don't know the, how this happens. And it's a service. So it's not like they just like, you know, throw in a credit card number to an e-commerce site and then they get the product delivered at their door or they get the digital product download. It's not that it's like it's a service. So they're kind of confused as to like, OK, how do we get this ship? How do we get this airplane off the ground? Like this is like definitely a big purchase, a big commitment. How do we get from not having a photographer to having a photographer booked? And then even like with each photographer, like what's their process and all this kind of stuff. And for us photographers, again, this sounds so simple because we do it all the time, but for them, it's confusing. And it's like, what, how do I, I don't even know. So a really big, important way to actually make sure you can uh, nail down the sale is if people understand your process. So yes, like I'm going to put a video on my website that says like, Hey, this is how this is going to go. And you know, this is like me setting all the expectations and like reach out. And then, um, even right afterwards, like I have a confirmation page that says, I think it has another video on it. And it basically says like, Hey, like I'm going to get back with you within 24 hours. Usually it's more like two hours and we're going to be able to talk on a zoom call as soon as possible. Like that's, that's going to be like one of the first links I even send you. And then you can schedule that yourself. And then like, once we get on that zoom call and we do all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I'm clearly communicating to them. My process is uh, X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? And my process for me is like, all you have to do is I will send you a digital proposal that includes a contract and an invoice. And then you just have to sign it and pay online and you are booked. Like that's, yeah. that's how simple this is. That's how easy this is because you want to make it like as simple, easy, understandable, convenient as possible to do for them so that they see that roadmap from beginning to end. And they're not, cause if there's any confusion, I'm telling you right now, they will be, uh, it'll be very attractive to go to a different offer. That's much more understandable. It just, I don't know why that is, but I don't know why humans are like that, but that's just the way we are is like, we, without knowing it, gravitate towards what's understandable. Yeah. And it's the same for like, if you go to somebody's website and you don't see exactly what you want within like eight seconds, like our attention spans so low. So it's when you go to the website, you want to see a clear message, like who they are, like what they're doing for sure and stuff like that. So, and what would you say for somebody that's like super introverted and they're like, I don't know if I want to like get on a zoom call all of a sudden and they're like nervous about that part, would you recommend having like more of just a, um, like a wedding handbook where they can like look through, um, and answers more of their questions on email? Like what would you recommend for that person? 
Well, I think you can do both. And I think that, you know, for me, I have a complete price and information guide. Um, and I know there's like a lot of thoughts around like, oh, whether or not to use a price or information guide or just to not use that and book over email. I think it depends on who you are and how you are going to just run your business. I mean, I think I, I've heard it both ways. I, I think some people can do it without, some people can do it with. Um, but for me, I love to have both the in-person connection and then also like that guide because the guide is going to cover so much and I don't want my sales call with them or my consult call with them to be super long-winded and super like uh, data and information overloaded because I think then sometimes people get overwhelmed and you don't want people overwhelmed either. So it's really helpful when I can send that right to them. And then by the time we get on that call, we've already, I mean, they've already kind of like gone through a little bit, at least once of all my information. And they know pretty much how it's going to work. Cause usually the way I get through sales calls is like by halfway through, I'm like, Hey, so any questions about anything in the guide and like all this kind of stuff. And they, nine out of 10 times, people will just say, uh, you know, I think the guide like covered everything. And like, it was very comprehensive and it answered all our questions, but like, we'll let you know if we have any other questions. Um, so I love that because then that tells me that I actually did my job right. And that it is very understandable, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I also think, um, well, personally, I send them my pricing and stuff like that before we get on a call because you don't want to yeah. like have a price like scare, like you send them yeah. something or you tell them on a call and they're like, uh, cause I've had that happen personally where I've had a call with a virtual assistant and I was price shocked. And it's like, what do you do? It's kind of like that awkward, like, I'll just talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I will definitely admit, I fully agree with that. I think that um, I always say like, by the second time that you are interacting with them. So like the second touch point with them is when you should at like the latest present your pricing. Um, because I think that if you go past that, if you don't present your pricing to them until like the third or fourth, so by touch point, I mean like them inquiring and seeing your website is the first and then you emailing them back is the second touch point. And then let's say the zoom call or the meeting is like the third touch point. Um, so I would not wait on, I would not wait till number three. I think number two, uh, is already kind of not late, but like, I always put my starting prices on my website just so that there's like kind of a first touch point. And then by the second touch point in that email, I'll send them my pricing because I think a lot of people just, they're just like, all right, like, are you, are you scared of what you're, of what you're um, asking us? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, um, when are we going to actually see these prices? So I think it's good um, maybe to avoid frustration on the client's end to make sure that your pricing is upfront by about the second touch point. Yeah. And I also think, um, like you said, on your website, just having like from um, and then, you know, your starting price. Yeah. That's really good, because sometimes um, if you just include your packages, like I feel like everyone can have a customized type package, too. Absolutely. You know, depending on if they are doing more travel or stuff like that. So having um, just a starting point is good. Um, and then it kind of also is going to limit your frustrations, too, when it comes to clients coming into your inbox all the time and then they are kind of like price shocked all the time. Yes. I know that a lot of people get really frustrated with like quote unquote ghosting or just like clients just like 
I don't know, turning them down over price or whatever. I really don't have that that much because I list my starting prices and I actually am very upfront about it. I, um, right above my inquiry form on my website, I will say, hey, my 2022 pricing starts at this. My 2023 pricing starts at this. So they just know right off the bat, like, hey, if you, if you know your budget is at the tippy top of it, like three grand below my lowest package, then like, I hate to say this, but it just might not be the best fit. And I don't want to waste your time. You know what I mean? And I think that is setting the expectation off well. And I think that's serving them well. Yeah, for sure. That's really good. Okay. Let's dive into your next little checkpoint when it comes to sales calls. Go ahead. Um, I'm just looking at this over, like check your energy. I like that one that you put. Yeah. So this one, this one can sound a little bit like weird, but I swear it's very important. And it's probably one of the the most important things. So when I say energy, I, I think that when you are, well, I know when you are meeting with people and when you are in relationship with people, um, being able to relate to them in a compelling and winsome way is going to be so important, you know, like even just uh, the way that you carry yourself and the way that you are looking at them and all that kind of stuff. Like for me, I find that if I am, <laughs> if I am basically in a place where, um, you know, like I'm talking very, like I'm talking very monotone down here and like all my sentences are going down and all kind of stuff. It's bad. And it's very like, um, it's, uh, it's kind of like minor sounding almost, if you know anything about like music or something like that. Um, or if I am in a situation where I'm not smiling at all, you know, at the camera or I'm not smiling at all to when we're meeting with them and, and like, I'm never showing like a happy side of myself. I think that it's just like, oh, okay. I don't know if this person is like, loving what they're doing or if they're, if they love being with me, like simply just smiling can go so long. And there's other things like sitting up straight, sitting forward, like using your diaphragm to speak boldly and confidently. And again, these are not like personality traits. These are genuinely like, this is body language. And this is like the attitude you're giving off, whether you know it or not. And a lot of times, like, it's very important. Like I, I did not used to have, when I first started, I didn't do this. And I remember there was a lot of people, well, I didn't get like bad feedback, but I, I know now just like, as it's a very night and day difference. Um, so many people will just be like, wow, it was like such a great time to talk to you. And I just felt like we had such a great time talking and like, you just seem like you absolutely love what you do. And I'm like, well, I do. But also I think a big part of that is like showing the body language. If you feel that way, you know, actually showing them how you feel. Yeah. It's kind of like an interview. (laughs) If you can imagine a little bit. Yeah. Going to an interview and like making sure that you're presenting yourself because you pretty much are. I mean, because you're going to be selling your service to them. So it's just like an interview. <laughs> yeah, like it, it boggles my mind. It it, sh- it truly blows my mind how many people like I will see on like Zoom calls where not I'm trying to think of like what type of Zoom calls I would it's, it's not like necessarily just consult calls, so not clients, but just like a lot of times, like if I'm on a Zoom call or something, for whatever reason, I notice that a lot of people are like so deadpan on camera and they're just very, they will just like stare at you kind of like this. I know listeners can't see, um, but 
it's so funny to me. Like everyone looks like they're scowling. So like whenever I jump on a Zoom call, I try to just like smile as much as possible because <laughs> I don't want people to like, you know what I mean? I feel like you're oh, on camera, your emotions are going to be so diffused. Like on camera, like your emotions are like, well, basically you have to almost 10X your emotions to actually translate how you actually feel over a camera. I seriously believe that. It's so, so crazy. That's so true. And I also wanted to touch base. Like I know like a lot of people, they will email in a certain way because that's what they think is right. I think you should email sure. in your tone too, in a professional way, but also yeah. like your personality. Like for me, I always add like a smiley or I do something like just to kind of like show them my personality without being too like boring. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I'm like sending emojis. I'm sending capital letters. Like if you didn't, I always warn people too. Cause I'm like, Hey, my, my like initial email is a little bit like caffeinated. So I just <laughs> hope you're ready for that because I am very excited when I get an inquiry. It's just such an honor. And so yeah. it's like, I'm going to express that. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I use the exclamation point after every sentence. But... Oh, for sure. Yeah, periods, <laughs> I don't even know them. <laughs> no, I love that. Okay, so let's jump into our next um, little point, um, which is you are selling, or remember that you are selling them on you and not your product. So really trying to show your personality, I think that all like comes into it. So what are your thoughts on that topic? Yes. So this is something that is just like, again, very foundational to running a uh, personal brand is that when you are selling yourself, you have to remember that you're not just selling your service as like an art or as like the tangible good itself. So as a photographer, for me, I go into these sales or consult calls with the idea, with the understanding that I'm not just selling my photos because there's so many people that can take incredible photos and there's so many, like, like just the reality is I know everyone wants to say like, oh, but like, you know, like our moms will all tell us like, oh, but your photos are the best honey bunny, you know? And it's like, okay, but <laughs> thanks mom. But you know that that's not necessarily always the truth is that like competing on that level of just raw art and raw talent, or just like, even sometimes it's just experience level or like the location you live or just like the type of couples you work with or something like that. Like it can all fluctuate. And if you're only competing on just like the raw art that you are creating, it's very difficult to actually succeed. But if you can actually start competing on a whole different level, that being competing that you're the, the differentiating factor you have the, the thing that people will pay more money for as opposed to any other person or a service provider, that differentiating factor is you. If you can compete on that level, ultimately you have uh, basically like gotten rid of any other competition. Why? Because no one else can be you. You know what I mean? So if you attach the majority of the value of your brand to yourself, and I wouldn't do this with every business, but I think with photography, it's very important to do this. If you can attach your brand worth to yourself, 
then that's going to be completely different. That's going to be, people are going to be willing to pay higher for you. People are going to be willing to wait for you. People are going to be willing to just like be so sold out on you because you are ultimately the experience that they want to have. And you are actually like, even when it comes back to like, sell yourself first on your product, I don't just mean have the most Pablo Picasso photos ever. I mean, actually make sure that the experience that people experience with you is incredible. And so they can't get that anywhere else that you're the only person like you can't duplicate you. And so there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And it goes back to, I know Donald Miller, his book, like building a story brand and trying to build it around like you and because you're, you're unique and that's gonna um, set you apart from the rest of the other photographers or anything like that. But yeah, does he really say that? I, yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting because this is, okay, this is what I'm going to say. And I don't want to go up against Don because I love him and I love his book. Um, but it's really interesting because I love everything in his book transferable to photographers, except the one thing that I think I hesitate with, and I hope I don't like get burned at the stake for saying this, but I do believe that when he talks about the hero and then the guide, I think that's very important in terms of, cause he basically, his whole thing is like, Hey, don't talk about yourself and no one wants to hear about you. And no one wants to hear about like, um, you know, what you're going through and like, people want to, people want to know, um, how can you serve them and all that kind of how stuff. How can you solve their problem? Yes, exactly. Which I completely agree with. However, I would say the one difference I think in, and I can't speak for any other industry other than photography, but the one difference that I have very clearly seen as a photographer is that it's not always um, it's not always best to only talk about your client because I do believe that they want to get to know you as well. And I'm not saying make it all about you and make you the hero of the story, but I will just, I will just tell you like straight up, like there's so many times where like when I post, for instance, like personal posts on my Instagram or like my Instagram story or something like that, that's when I will literally get the most bookings or inquiries or like when I am actually booking people. In fact, I literally just booked a couple this morning and they said like what stood out to us so much about you was just like your relationship with the Lord and like who you are and like your marriage. And like, we just like felt like we could really relate to that and all this kind of stuff. And I I hear that a lot. I have to be honest with you. So I do think there is a dimension where um, it's not being selfish to talk about yourself all the time. I think it's very important. It's like a, it's like a vulnerability. It's like, I'm going to let you in um, potential client on a window into my life because yeah. you're going to let me in on a window into your life. So I want to be the person that gets scary and vulnerable first with my personal details before you ever have to. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And that's why I always recommend like every like four posts that you do on Instagram, like do a picture of you. Like yeah. about get those headshots, like get those fun pictures because people want to see like into your life. There's countless different photographers I've been on their page and I can't see I'm like who owns this page oh I know like there's so there's so much that like people I can't even find out it's really funny because when people comment on stuff or they dm me I always like to address them by name because I think people like to hear their name and it's so funny like I will search all the way deep into like someone's about me page under their website and I still can't find a freaking name (laughs) and it drives me nuts and I'm like you guys like I know I know that your like brand is like radiant sunshine photography, but like, I want to know what your name is. You know what I mean? No, no, for sure. Sorry. That was my dog in the background. Um, oh, you're no, good. For sure. no, for sure. I totally um, can relate to that. 
Okay, so go ahead and share a little bit of like, how do you create boundaries when it comes to your personal life and like your business life with your clients? Because you want to let them in and you want to like let them see into your life if they're going to be vulnerable with their life. So go ahead and like tell us like, how do you do that? Yeah, for sure. And I think there is definitely going to be a case by cases case by cases, case by case approach to this, because what might be a boundary for me might not be a boundary for someone else and then vice versa. So it really depends on kind of like where you're at. And I would say for me, I like to share what I want to share, like especially on social media. And I'm going to also not share what I don't want to share. You know what I mean? And there's going to be certain things that I'm like, you know what, that's not really like the one. Like I think a lot of times for social media, um, I find that my boundaries a lot of times are like, you know, I really want to enjoy the moment that I'm in and not always be like posting on social media. So a lot of times I really like to take a hot second before I actually post about something. So like if I'm on a weekend or something and I'm taking a trip or I'm on like a week long trip or I'm just like, I don't know, spending personal time with family. I often am not the biggest fan of like posting live or something like that. Or I I have no idea. Um, Just something where I'm not kind of uh, almost like too glued to the phone, if that makes sense. And then I think another thing too is like, there are certain aspects of like, I don't know, like I've heard different moms even talk to me about the fact that they're like, should I be sharing my kids? Should I be sharing like my family life? I don't know if I want my kids on social media. And I think that's definitely valid. Like, again, it's it's up to what you want to post and what you don't want to post. And you don't have to share everything. I think there's so much that we can share because our lives are so multidimensional but you don't have to share like every single thing. And so it's like, if you find a, if you find something that you just don't feel comfortable sharing, but you think that that's like what you have to share, just don't just put those thoughts away because you can share like um, the things that you want to share. And I don't keep repeating that, but it's like, don't feel compelled to do what everyone else is doing. If everyone else is sharing like their family life and you don't want to, then maybe just share more of your business life and just share that you're, you know, shooting out there on one day or share that you like just finished your emails for the day or just finished editing a gallery for the the day or something like that. Or if you hate sharing about your business life, maybe share more about your personal life or I don't know, it could could really be anything. Um, And then I think another good boundary to have is just setting client expectations of, you know, just when you're available and when you, when they can like text you or when they can, um, when they can actually expect an email back from you or something like that. Because I think setting those expectations clearly uh, just kind of keeps barriers from like someone getting upset about something and maybe like a a delayed message back to you or something like that. Yeah, that's all so good and so true. And I think sometimes like also going back to like Instagram of like what to post and stuff. Like I think we think that we have to like share our deepest, darkest moments and like, yeah, be good for some people. But like for us, that might kind of like put us out of our comfort zone in a way that we don't feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I find too, that for myself, like, you know, if I'm going through something and it's like difficult, I will usually like to, if I'm going to share about that, I usually like to share about it after the fact and maybe like take a beat until whatever that is kind of like passes. 
not always, but a lot of times, like I like to let it pass first because it's just putting a lot of pressure on yourself if you're going through something and then you're also sharing about that same struggle. Like if it's a very personal struggle, if you're also sharing about that online, I think that sometimes we feel like we have to be vulnerable and authentic to a fault that we have to share like all our, you know, like the guts of what we're going through right when we're in it. And I don't think that's the case. You can wait a second and get back on your feet. And then maybe later you can almost share what you've learned. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and dive into your biggest business tip that you would give the listener. Cause this one's a good one. I'm excited to hear it. Okay. So what was my biggest business tip be for the listener? I would say, um, the biggest thing I have found is to get my mindset correct and to actually take care of myself as a person before I jumped into like taking care of my business. I think that a lot of times people get very caught up in uh, strategizing and they get very caught up in like um, just like the marketing tips and, um, you know, even like a sales tip and like all this kind of stuff. And I don't want to diminish any of that because that's very important. You know, you have to have that knowledge and expertise in place. But I will say that like, I am not going to lie to anybody. It's the mindset and it's the person behind the business that really dictates what the business is going to do. And so if you can make sure and like get your mindset healthy and like if there's things maybe that you have to overcome from your past or from like past failures or past experiences that you had or like your upbringing or something like that, I think it's really important to get those things in check before you start trying to uh, like navigate maybe something like a business. Because the thing of it is, is like, you are the person running the business. And if you want to be the type of person that grows into like the six or seven figure entrepreneur, you have to like figure out how you're going to just become that person before you achieve the goal. You know what I mean? Because the, the person is going to achieve the goal. The goal isn't just going to achieve itself and then produce the person that doesn't happen. I mean, maybe sometimes it does, but very, very rarely. So I think that's probably my biggest business advice is like, make sure you are as a person um, figured out, make sure your mindset is correct and make sure you are cultivating a mindset um, that is healthy. And then I truly believe it's going to permeate into your business life. That's so good. And I also, um, it kind of goes into like the same idea that like, God is not going to all of a sudden make you like make some people's business take over take off overnight because yeah. we wouldn't be able to handle that. We wouldn't be able to handle, like we'd be super like prideful and like, yeah. um, like we wouldn't have that um, good personality and like good um, more. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, sure. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think it so. definitely is like, it's also good to understand that things take time and that it's, you know, sometimes we got, we like to get so caught up in the fact that like, oh, this is going to happen for me overnight and I'm going to be this instant success because sometimes we hear of those instant successes and they're like, okay, you know, it's like so crazy. It's like even with the age of social media nowadays and like how fast people can grow in social media and sometimes build a business off that fast growth, we can be like, wow, like if they grew that fast, like I should be growing that fast and I should be building my empire that quick. And it's just like not 
it's not fair to do that to ourselves. Like we have to understand that we are going to be works in progress and we're going to be, it's going to take a hot second. Like I, I truly, yes, like back to kind of what you're getting at. I truly believe that it's good to grow into um, the person that you need to become instead of, instead of just like all of a sudden the success hits you and the goals are like there and you haven't even given yourself like the, the time to catch up with like the goal you're achieving. And I'm not saying you should ever like shy away from a goal for that reason. I'm just saying like, I do think a lot of, that's a lot of reason why maybe the Lord designed it that way. Yeah. And it's also like going into like, if you do, if your business did blow up and you were really prideful, would you even be happier or would you not? Like, I mean, sure. I feel like all that hard work is going to make you a better entrepreneur and make you happier and like yeah. make you just overall better. You yeah. Know? It makes you, it makes it worth it. it like the struggle yeah. makes the success all the more sweet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Well, it was so good to have you on. Go ahead and plug your information in. Um, I know you're on Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I am on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. And my handle for both of those is at Nathan Chansky. And then my website is NathanChansky.co. And then I also have a podcast called Passion with Purpose. I love it. Well, so good. So great. Or so Happy that I could have you on today. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm thankful for you coming on. Thank you so much for having me.